0: hey guys jared hudson here with the shooting institute podcast this podcast is brought to you by blaze defense blaze defense systems is located in pelham alabama and supplies first responders with top-notch tactical gear blaze serves not only local agencies but also agencies on a global scale blaze has developed many unique niche products over the past 10 years that have set them apart from other companies in the tactical world go to blazingfire.com tell them tsi sent you to learn more about what blaze defense offers if you're interested in advertising on our podcast reach out to us at podcast at the shooting so this is back with tsi Simplified chaos podcast again guys jared here we got steven nix uh, we kicked him off the mic because we have a special guest who's going to be on our podcast with us, uh, hopefully for a little while till we kick him off for doing a terrible job. But he is the Alabama Heat. Go ahead and say, hey, Alabama Heat, what's up? We got Mike Rebels over in the corner with all of his personality. Hello. Jeez um, <laughs> Louise. Uh, so we're going to be talking about, today we're going to be talking about training. Does it matter? So... We took some time over Christmas. Um, I say training doesn't matter. Is it, is it all good? Does it matter what type of training you have? And one of the biggest uh, questions we got sent over email was, hey, just because we're training, uh, does it have to be good training? Or is any training good? And so that's what we're going to be talking about today. Training doesn't matter uh, what type of training you have, what you're doing uh, in application to military and law enforcement uh, type movements or tactics or jobs. Uh, but also on the civilian side, that's one thing we're seeing. you got a lot of people asking for, hey, we want civilian pistol course to protect ourselves. We saw what happened out in Texas recently uh, with shooting out in Texas, and uh, and those guys had training. But do we need good training, or is just any training going to work? You know, is any training better than none? So that's what we're going to be talking about. But before we start off today, we're going to go ahead and open up with a word of, word of prayer, and uh, and then we'll get cranked off. Lord Jesus, we love you. We praise you. We thank you for this time you've given us together. We thank you for the opportunity to be able to sit around with brothers in Christ and, uh, Lord, we just ask that everything we do would honor and glorify you, and ultimately uh, we would be able to sh- spread your gospel, share your word with, uh, with those that we come in contact with. We love you, Lord. We praise you. We pray this in your name. Amen. All right. So the Alabama heat over here, training, doesn't matter. I mean, you've been in this community for 15 years. Uh, from
1: what you've seen, does it matter what type of training you have? Uh, I think that it absolutely matters what type of training you you. I also think that uh, the quality of training that you have is also um, is also gonna be a big tell sign of whether or not you're gonna be able to accomplish the mission whenever you're, whenever you're thrust into whatever situation that you're gonna be in. So I, I also think that there's two types of training. You have individual training, which is me uh, perfecting my individual tasks that I'm gonna have to perform as an individual member of a team. And then you also have team training, which is you in implementing those individual tasks into that team environment, so that you can accomplish a mission or a goal as a team. So,
0: yeah, so that's one thing we, and you know, I talked about it in uh, a few podcasts ago, back back before Christmas. <clears throat> that's one of the things that we uh, we see a lot, and I know that uh, that Mike would attest to this because he gets frustrated at it. One of the biggest things you see in law enforcement and military nowadays in the team mindset is like, hey, there's no I in team. And that's true, there is no I in team, but you know, I like to say there's there's a you and you suck. You know, The team is made up of a bunch of I's, a bunch of individuals. And if you're not preparing yourself properly to be able to bring as much to the team as you can possibly bring to the team, then you're failing your teammate. You're not just failing yourself, you're failing your team. Uh, and oftentimes what it seems like is is that there is no I in team mantra is used to take a person who shouldn't even be on that team and basically drag them along or carry them along as opposed to taking a bunch of individuals and getting them together to to have best success of completing whatever whatever
1: goal it is is that kind of what you're getting at, or is that what you've seen? No, it it one hundred percent is. So you have to take an individual look at yourself, and you have to ask yourself exactly what and what tasks am I going to be able, or what tasks am I going to be required to perform whenever I'm operating as a part of this team. And you know, in law enforcement, that could be several different tasks. That could be anything from. Um, You know, addressing a lethal threat to uh, being a backup officer on a traffic stop uh, to, um, you know, sitting down with some guys and evaluating and uh, deciphering case law. Um, Or it could be in a tactical situation where you're actually serving a, uh, you know, a high-risk search warrant or a high-risk arrest warrant. Each individual member on that team, kind of like baseball, you have individual positions, right? And each individual uh, position has its own assigned duties. And it's the same thing whether, if you're operating in a tactical environment. So if I'm on a SWAT team, then I'm gonna have an individual assigned duty, whether I'm a shield guy, whether I'm a breacher, whether I'm a gas guy. And then once we get inside that structure, if we're clearing that structure, I'm gonna have individual assigned duties once we get into that structure. So you have to be proficient on the individual level before you can be proficient on the team level. And that's where the type of training that you're doing really dictates uh, your proficiency.
0: Got you, so for and I know uh, and Mike chime in if, if if you see something here when we we ask this question because I know me and you have talked about this a lot. Uh, so Mike, on the wants law to, enforcement, Mike wants to
1: know what tactical time period you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> on the uh, on the law enforcement side, since we're kind of since you tapped into that because that mm-hmm. is where most of your experience is. I know you have military experience. We'll get into a little bit and then we'll tie it up at the end, hopefully with some civilian stuff. Mm-hmm. On the law enforcement side. Are you seeing guys put that effort into that individual training so that they can be uh, best suited for whatever that job is, whether it's, you know, whether it's carrying a shield, whether it's driving up to a, to a house, whether it's you know, uh, being the, the first guy on the door or being the breacher, whatever that specific job is for that, that law enforcement individual. What are you seeing as a whole um, across the law enforcement spectrum? Of those individuals, are they putting in that time and effort for for the proper training or training at all, or are they putting in time and effort for stuff that's you know not uh, not valuable in that in that individual job?
1: Yeah, so I I guess to kind of answer your question, the main thing that I'm seeing is we're we're concentrating on a broad spectrum of things. You know, it's you know you need to be proficient at. A hundred tasks, as opposed to looking at those hundred tasks and saying, "Hey, what are the most important tasks that I need to be proficient at?" and then just becoming really good um, at those tasks. And so that's where we get back to talking about the quality of your training. You need to evaluate what tasks you're going to be required to do, and then figure out what are the most important tasks and really concentrate on those. In my in my opinion, because if I'm, you know, I think that you're a more valuable team leader if you're very very proficient at 10 required tasks that are going to be very beneficial to whatever operation that you're going on as opposed to ah you know i'm 50 50 on 100 tasks um and that's where the rest of your team comes in because those 10 tasks that you're proficient in the next guy might be proficient in you know five of the same tasks but he might be proficient in five different tasks and that's where you're going to have that team element because you're all going to be able to to combine that proficiency and accomplish a mission at that point. So basically what I'm saying is is I see a lot of, in my opinion and in my experience, it's a lot of over compli- over compli- compli- or what am I trying to say, Mike? Help me out. No, he, I'm not sure. No, he made you, we, it to the yeah, sixth grade. Yeah, yeah, we're making it. We're making it over complicated yeah, as far yeah. as as far as what you're trying to do, and that's one of the things that I that I really enjoy about TSI is, hey man, we're going to make this super simple. There's only one, two, three. There's only four things that you're going to have to do once you you know enter that structure, or once you do whatever it is that we're training you to do. And I think that that right there is beneficial, as we just saw from my vocabulary mix-up. I'm not a very smart guy. So I want the least amount of things to do whenever I'm going in in a high-stress situation.
2: Well, the least amount of things to think about, right? As As you simplify that chaos, then you're able to make decisions a lot faster, and you don't have to overthink the problem. And that's where, uh, you know, what we do at TSI is we create a simple program that you're able to self-assess, and you can figure out at what level you are by your assessment of yourself, and then – uh, bringing it back to leadership and team leadership on a SWAT team or whatever it may be. Uh, it could be a frontline supervisor. Another job of that leader is to be able to assess his people and to make sure, one, he puts them in the right position they need to be in, uh, which will benefit the team, but also assess the uh, individual's ability uh, so he can figure out what they need to do to get better at what at the broader spectrum of, of all the... Um, things that they need to be able to do, as opposed to just being good at
0: one thing. Yeah, you thought you were listening to a podcast, didn't you? But now you're listening to an advertisement. What do you think about advertisements, Rebels? They're fun. Advertisements are a blast. We're here to talk to you about Blaze Defense. This podcast is brought to you by Blaze Defense. But more importantly, the awesome things that Blaze does. What do they do, Rebels?
2: They do a lot of good stuff.
0: So since Mr. Personality over here wants to tell you so much about him, I'm just going <laughs> to emphasize a little bit more what Blaze does. Now, these guys at Blaze, they uh, they do a great job. They build gear, custom gear for agencies, for units. They've been doing it for the last 10 years. But they, they're they not only stuck in the, in, in the gear and tactical world. That's something they actually morphed into. Uh, they also offer fire suppression systems for law enforcement, military personnel uh, to be able to fight fire with before uh, firefighters can get there and help them out. So go over to blazingfire com. Tell them TSI sent you. And uh, hey, if you want to advertise on our podcast, hit us up podcast at theshootingistoot dot com. So back back when we were working on this, it's kind of funny, but back when we were working on uh, that that the TAC officer stuff for the state, right, state yeah. Alabama, back you know years ago when they had the funding, they'd send you know a would put together courses or whatever, and we go teach at those. Uh, somebody said once they said, hey hey look look man just just shoot and move like Mike talks, right? I mean, that's, I mean, that's for, and it's, yeah. I mean, slow, is slow smooth slow as, slow yeah, as, smooth as right. smooth, fast, right? Now, slow and steady. Um, that doesn't mean, I mean, slow is still slow. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. it's efficiency of movement you teach, mm-hmm. but every, to, to kind of hone in what we've talked about, every single movement or every single uh, thing you do, whether it's as a team, as an individual, it has to work in conjunction with, the next step of the process, because if it doesn't, it gets hinky. And oftentimes what you see is you see an overcomplication of things, which makes it hinky from the get-go, as opposed to, hey, look, this is easy. One step at a time. Because if, you know, and always I'm big on shooting, you know, I mean it doesn't matter if you're great at everything else, you have a great, you know, you surround surround procedure, call-out procedure, you know, whether if you're on the law enforcement side or even the military side, and you go in uh, or somebody comes out and they uh, – they lay down fire at you and your boys, and you shoot and you flip and miss. Harry, you're alive and you're a horrible shot. I mean, it's yeah. everything goes out the window if you can't shoot, at least in our, our line of work. Let's go to the Texas guy, right? So that's a civilian security team. Um, not to armchair quarterback everything they did, but a guy got in with a flipping shotgun or whatever it was he had. It's not like he concealed carried a pistol in there. He had a, mm. a pretty big weapon. And they responded to it pretty quickly, pretty well. Mm. Um, and he shot, the first shot shot by a good guy, Hit, hit the dude in the flipping head. And he's down. You know. So I mean, it wouldn't have mattered how good everything else was. If it fills a bunch of shots and misses, and their big gunfight breaks out, and people are shot in the midst. That didn't happen. The guy had training on how to shoot. So anything that somebody could armchair quarterback and say, uh, well, you know, technically they didn't do this good or this good or this good. Ultimately, when it boiled down to it, when it came time to do the deed that it was set up to do, right? that's, say, hey, all 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 else fails, we got to shoot a bad guy. He shot a bad guy in the flipping face. And go ahead. No,
2: you, you and I both know throughout uh, the years of training people that we get people approach us and ask about training all the time. Well, I did this training, I did that training, and a lot of times the training that I've even been to, by the end of the week, if it's a week-long training session, you've been inundated with so many complex things that by the end of the week you, you've only picked up on a few things. So you're trying to go back and train or teach your team or whatever it is on what you've tried to pick up from that week of all this stuff in. Uh, thrown at you, and you, and you barely, you're barely able to regurgitate half of it. So you know, I kind of came up with a term. Well, well, you can get really good at being bad if you're getting yeah. bad training, and you get good at doing what they taught you, and all you're doing is emphasizing that bad training, or getting really good at doing what they, you know, what you may have learned, or or they may have even given you good training, but you're only able to pick up on, um, you know, enough to just make you dangerous (laughs) yeah for lack of better terms and you just keep compounding on that and you end up being really good at being bad so yeah unless you're getting good at good methods good curriculum good tactics
0: then it's kind of like you're wasting your time so what about uh so what about on the military side I mean both y'all were in the military um yeah, I know you were in the military for, for quite some time doing doing stuff in, in Afghanistan. And, and, you know, as far as what you've seen, uh, is it kind of the same thing in the military? Is there a different training level? I know for me, uh, from the SEAL teams, there was a, you know, we we outsourced a lot of stuff. And there was a lot of stuff in-house within the SEAL teams. We outsourced a lot of stuff to help make us better, to make that, that let's say, shooting, make you better at shooting, right? We went to, we outsourced shooting stuff to some of the best shooters in the world. Um. And so, what have you seen on, on on your side of the military? Is it kind of the same as law enforcement, or is it a little bit better, a little bit worse?
1: How does it how does it work? I don't, you know, the the only real experience that I have as far as the military training goes is just doing mobilization training prior to a a deployment, and that right there is pretty, it's pretty cut and dry, pretty basic. Like, hey, you know, we need you, we need to train you on these tasks, and then you're gonna have to pass some type of certification on the task that we've just trained you on and then we're going to move on to the next block. I think and like you said, my primary experience is in law enforcement, but I think what I've seen is a lot of under training, which means I'm not getting quality reps on basic level things and then I see like Mike said, I see a lot of over uh, over complicating things. So we do over complicating where we'll sit there for 45 minutes and we'll talk about all these you know, hey, you know, you've always heard that there's more than one way to skin a cat. Well, kind of, but there's a couple of three or four ways to skin a cat that are actually work really well. And if we just do those things, you can just about accomplish any mission that you set out to accomplish. And so that's a big thing i want to be good at those three or four things i want my team to be good at those three or four things and then if we have to make some wild audible and we have to call some you know annexation of puerto rico play during the clearance or whatever it is that we're doing then we'll have to do that whenever we get there but for the most part and this is something that you teach in your schools for the most part as long as you're doing one, two, three, these four required tasks, you can pretty much accomplish ninety eight percent of the things that you're trying to accomplish. Yeah, right. And right. so and so that's what I'm that's one of the big things that um, you know, have really, in my opinion, um decreased the quality of the training is number one, you're not getting reps and then number two, we're making it too complicated like Mike said, to where you're two hours into training and you've gone over twenty two things and it's like, hey, you know, this is just for you to put in your toolbox. Yeah, but
2: but don't you get another tool for your toolbox. <laughs> yeah, Isn't that yeah, awesome? Yeah, yeah. how many and tools can you have in your yeah. flip a toolbox and so, and so, and next so thing you now, know you got a toolbox that weighs so much you can't even get the job that's done. That's
1: right. And then whenever whatever situation pops up, I'm trying to empty out that toolbox and I have a vague I have a you know I have a vagueness on how every tool is supposed to work. You know, yeah. you, you know what I'm saying? I'm pulling out a hammer, and I'm like, yeah, this guy said that if I swing this thing at nails, it'll build me something, or whatever the <laughs> case may be. I think that's how it goes. And you're turning around, you know, looking at the dude behind you, and he's like, yeah, man, just swing it at something. We're good. Yeah. So, so, so that's always – that was kind of my thing is, you know, like Mike talks about, you got the – you know, you got somebody who's a paper cowboy that's been to a lot of schools, but at the same time, I think – there are individuals that have been to a lot of schools and you you had the opportunity to go to a bunch of schools in the Navy. You know, they sent you to all kinds of stuff, right? Shooting yeah. school, driving school, whatever whatever the case may be. But there's only a couple of things that you retain whenever you're deployed working overseas, right? Yeah. So if you're doing vehicle operations, you're like, hey, man, I got these three things I'm going to do. You know, if we take contact, you know, if a vehicle goes down, whatever the case may be, this is, this is my method of getting out of that situation. And you simplify it. You know, and you bring it down, you bring it down into a quickly remembered list of things that you have to do. And that's what I would like to see, especially in the law enforcement world, is, hey, look, here's a list. that Here is something that is almost like a multi-tool for this situation, you know, these four things. And just be really good at them and stop trying to, you know, you get on scene, you know, you heard some pot knock over in the back. And then you're trying to, you know, you went to some school where they were like, well, yeah, you know, you can pull in like a helicopter 360 perimeter or something like that for some other state or, you know, and you're trying to do something that's just off the wall whenever this simple thing would just solve solve the problem. Right, right. So,
0: so and then on the civilian side, and to kind of wrap this one up, because I know we have uh, civilian people that have asked this same question whether it's pistol for home defense or maybe carbine, like rifle. We've got, we've got some guys that want to you know have carbines or shotguns in a home for home defense or even a church security team. We deal with that a good bit, especially after the recent events. Um, as we deal and we train with these people, that's, that's, that's the same thing we see with them. They go out to classes just like that Matt, Matt Best video. You can look up on YouTube. Mm-hmm. It's uh, like Black Rifle Coffee or whatever. they got an Instructor Earl, yeah. drum titties, boy, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Um, the, uh, You hit Instructor Earl up. Yeah, y'all can look it up on YouTube if you want, and most of y'all have already seen it.
1: Um, <laughs> did you find that funny? You thinking about the video? Mm. Um, mm-hmm. No, I'm just thinking there's no way you're going to be able to pay your house payment this month. man. <laughs> Nobody's going to listen to this garbage whenever you start throwing in those one-liners. Like I said, I'm the guy here. I'm free, and I'm the best at one-liners. So It's just everybody have an individually assigned duty, and let's just stick to those duties, man. Um, but you
0: can watch that video and you can see. I mean, you got like Instructor Earl. I mean, that's that, a lot of times that's what you see for civilian instructors out there guys who make it extremely difficult. Mm-hmm. You, you know, uh, you've, got, you've got a gun and you're Amelia Earhart flying across and you're attacked <laughs> <Yeah>. by sharks <laughs> you got a hand grenade. Right? You can what if things today. Yeah, yeah, all the what ifs. So, <laughs> yeah. um, and we see the same thing in civilian, it seems like we're hit up with that constantly. Um, so I guess the answer to it is your training really does matter. I mean, the bottom line is where you go to training, uh, you know, where, where you obtain your training from, that matters. And then uh, you can have what did you say earlier, Mike? You can get you, you can get, you, know, can can
2: get you can get bad training and be really good at being bad. Yeah, so exactly. don't get bad training. Yeah. Get good training and get good at being good.
0: That's right. Yeah, because <laughs> that's the only way you're going to be able to you're going to be able to uh, take care of yourself, take care of your family, take care of the people uh, people around you. And again, it's not, you know, for the Shooting Institute, we have, uh, especially with, with firearms and uh, for law enforcement, explosive military, we do a lot of uh, driving classes and uh, explosive class leadership courses for uh, for the military, for DOD, um, firearm civilian classes, but there's plenty of good places out there, um, not to give anybody shameless plugs, but in, in our area, we got Khalifa over there with, you know, if you, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, I mean, you're talking about one of the best in the world if you you know, want to be good at Jiu-Jitsu, and, you uh, any of that stuff, if if you want to hit us up, you know, fitness, all of that, hit us up. We've got we're connected with people who are the best in the, in the uh, in the community at that, and we'll be happy to to push you their way if that's something you want to do. Hey guys, so we're gonna wrap up this podcast again. Brought to you by Blaze Defense. We want to thank Blaze uh, Justin Partridge over at Blaze. He's the main point of contact. This guy's a great guy, solid Christian dude. Um, just, a, just a solid guy that you can reach out to if you're an agency or an individual in need of equipment or gear, whether it's fire suppression units, uh, all the way to, to body armor and kit. This guy is the guy to reach out to. Again, go to blazingfire.com, tell them TSI sent you, look for Justin, and uh, give him some business. Lastly, you want to advertise on our podcast, hit us up, podcast at theshootinginstitute.com. So that's it for this, uh, this first podcast of 2020. Uh, We appreciate y'all listening. Subscribe if you haven't subscribed, and uh, stay tuned for more stuff.